Hello and welcome to another episode of Extraordinary Interviews with Ordinary People. I'm your host, Nathan Andrews. On today's episode, I interview the Human Resources Director at my job, Sarah. Just like Sarah, today's episode is short and sweet, and I hope you enjoy. We will get right to the recording after a message from our sponsors, and right before today's episode, you will go behind the scenes and hear a snippet from the cutting room floor. Today's episode brought to you by Stepladders. When your biological ladder is just not there for you, get a stepladder. Stepladder, brought to you by Ronco. Today's episode also brought to you by... Insert joke commercial here. And now let's get right to the recording. That's crazy though, but yeah, I can't wait to get more of your controversial hot takes on occasions. (laughs) (laughs) No, white people are the worst though. They're yeah, we all can the be. same. And, uh. Start off, usually I like to do the year you were born, just okay. so I can kind of gauge years of when things happened in your life. So. Born 1980. 80. Oh, so you are 80. older than me. Yeah, sure am. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget that. You probably know a lot of details about me, huh? Miss I'm HR. Older, I'm older than, uh, than MTV. Oh, okay. <laughs> if that <laughs> I puts a, a time stamp for you. I hear a rumor that the M used to stand for music. You are right. You are right. You could actually like watch videos and stuff. So you're born in eighty. Mm -hmm. So you're that's kind of like nineties baby. Also late eighties. You're kind of on a weird stage. It was. Most people I talk to are in like the middle of the decade, so they're always Mm -hmm. big on the next decade after that. Yeah, I got a little bit of carryover. Plus, I got a little bit. I'm more. I'm a little bit more retro. I like the sixties, the seventies. You know, I kind of. Fed off of that, too. Where were you born? I was born in Upland, in San Bernardino area. Also in California. Yeah, just happened to be out in that area when (laughs) my mom wedded to labor. So, actually, I grew up in Huntington Beach and and in Long Beach. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, Very local. Long Beach Mm -hmm. is great. So, you've always lived in California? I have always lived in California. I don't know if I could move. That'd yeah. be hard. <laughs> I'm so a used wuss to it. when it comes to <laughs> like scared. seasons, you know, that's something yeah. I'm not acclimated <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah, I want to move too, but I don't know. It's scary to move to a whole new state. Where would you move? Uh, anywhere but California. <laughs> really? You just... so, California is so expensive and it's so overplayed in my head. I just don't like it here. Mm-hmm. I'd rather move to like Colorado or Arizona or Texas or something. Those seem to be the go-to, like yeah. Arizona, Colorado. Or even like somewhere nobody goes, like Connecticut or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. everything's probably expensive nowadays. Yeah, Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. I am the oldest. They are six and seven years younger than me. Three girls. Yes. Poor parents. I know. I I (laughs) swear to you, my stepdad coined the phrase man cave before it was a thing. He converted our whole garage into his own little palace because, in his words, for a week out of the month, there was estrogen dripping from the walls. (laughs) He needed to get out of there. And we are very... um, very strong personalities yeah yes so what what is your parental situation like early on you said you had, it was stepdad so what happened to dad so my dad and my mom split up when I was two okay um, my dad was just you know he was a bit of a rebel rocker guy he's very reminiscent of Frank Zappa uh-huh. when I see old pictures of him um, he yeah, just kind of disappeared. I met him when I was 15, 
Um, I've been in touch with his whole family and my cousins are very, I'm very close with them. I just prefer not to have a relationship with him. Mm. Um, my mom, when they kind of split up, I was two and he wanted to, you know, come and take me for the weekend. And my mom was like, absolutely go for it. Um, two weeks later, she finally got me back. They had no idea where I was. They oh, wow. were looking for me for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it could have been a That's Sarah alert crazy. instead of Amber alert. Right? Um, That's funny. So there Sarah was alert. that. So um, she kind of stepped back from the whole dating thing for a minute. And then she remarried when I was five. So you have half sisters. So yes, my two sisters are my half sisters. And mm-hmm. they're still together. Your mom and stepdad. No, he passed away a few years oh. ago. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yes, and then, um, but they weren't together. They had divorced when I was about ten or eleven. Oh wow! He just got into you know some drug use, and my mom was like, "That is not what we're equipped for." Yeah. My mom was president of a vice president of a bank at the time you know she was she had a career and everything and a focus so um she eliminated that um and then she got with my other stepdad when i was about i don't know i'd say high school so you've been through a lot of parental changes well the first change you probably didn't notice because you were so young Mm mm-hmm but that's funny because I have the same thing with my mom. She just it's just never the same. Like the first stepdad, maybe I'm sure you, yeah. you liked your first stepdad yeah. a lot of the time, but mm-hmm. man, when they just keep trying and keep involving people in your life, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess you can take that and mold your life in the way that you want to. I absolutely know I have abandonment issues because yeah. my dad left, and yeah. there's always that. So I will 100% admit I will always. Flee a situation if I feel threatened in that regard because it's going to be on my terms. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I've learned to adapt with, adapt to, and gone thirteen years with my husband. So you know I've corrected that (laughs) in in that sense. That's good. That's good. So growing up, um, what would you say like your earliest like important memory was, or like a big thing that happened to you when you were young? Um, maybe like school related or you first know, love or yeah, first boyfriend so or something. Yeah, it's so funny. I remember the first memory I have in school was having my papers stapled to my shirt. <laughs> the back of my shirt. And I remember my and mom losing that. her shit. That's funny. Because, and they said, well, she just never comes back with any of her paperwork. <laughs> so we don't really know how to navigate this. Wow. They literally stapled papers to my back. I think maybe I should look into that a little what bit more and see or, how it fucked me what up. What age were you in? I was kindergarten. Oh, wow. I mean, that that is yeah, the that's first like thing age. I remember. So I wonder if that's kind of shaped me into the OCD person <laughs> that I am today. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny because, yeah, you do come across as very organized and very by the book. And I guess you have to be to be in HR. Yes. Which I didn't say. Kind of bad at intros. But... <laughs> I'm HR lady. I'll lay down an intro <laughs> later. I did call you HR lady for a little while yeah, that's before okay. I learned your name. Been called worse, <laughs> especially well, in you, this role. You are the HR lady. It's not incorrect. <laughs> that is a good term. It is very true. It's just the way you say it, I guess. HR lady. Ugh. Well, it's because of the connotation that comes with HR. You know, you'd think that HR people would be human oriented and like people uh-huh. and be people pers- people people. Yeah. But usually they're not. Yeah. No, we've yeah. had. We've had, uh, we went 
the first HR person when I started here was Julie, mm-hmm. and she was like terrible at bedside manner. She was just like a hard person to talk to, which is weird for an HR lady. Well, she was, but I think from she was kind of shoved into too, it, right? yeah. yeah. And then there was the last lady. Her name escapes me. She was really nice. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened to her. But now you're here, so that's cool. So how long have you been in HR? About eight, nine years. Oh, not that long. Mm-hmm. What did you do before? Um, I've done a lot of different things. I started out in banking. I was a trainer, oh. a corporate trainer for all of the incoming tellers and trained them on all of our computer systems and kind of along the same lines as HR, what you can and can't do, your yeah. best practices and policies and procedures. Yeah. Um, I did do a lot of bartending. Oh, a lot fun. of bartending. Pretty much all of my 20s, even if I had a 9-to-5 job, I bartended at night. Um, huh. That's <laughs> was cool. a lot of fun. Don't well, remember a lot of my 20s. They come back to me in blurbs every yeah. once in a while. Well, I'll try to get a couple of those bartending <laughs> stories a little later here. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, that's interesting stuff. Yeah, there's some good ones. So, you, would you say that was your favorite job, bartending? Bartending, yes. I love people. I love people's stories. Yeah, I love getting into their heads. Um, oh, it was so much fun. So are you much like, fun. Are you like the cool, like, flip the bottle bartender, or you just know a couple drinks? Or... Oh, I... Can you show off? I can do all oh, the stuff. It, that's funny, too, because I feel like I've pushed myself, like, academically and, you know, just personally, I've really pushed myself on my own to do things and I don't really need acclimation from anybody else. Yeah. And I remember I can I think maybe on the on, I can count on my hands the times that my mom has said that she's been proud of me. Uh-huh. Which is not bad, but <laughs> the one time I remember is she was like that Sarah Shortcake shot cuz I made a shot called Sarah Shortcake and it uh-huh. was kind of semi-famous everybody would come by and and order those and she's like, you know, that I'm I'm just so proud of you. That right there, that just shows so much of what you're capable of. And I'm like, it's a shot. It's alcohol. It's a shot. But I guess I did it okay. Well, yeah, it's like putting stuff out into the ether is pretty cool, mm-hmm. especially if it's accepted by more than, I don't know, your husband or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more than people, people that, you know. Yeah, that have to accept it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you did, because I... You were in banking for a long time? I was in banking for a few years. It was short, about two years. And then um, I was doing the bartending. And then I was in finance at Porsche. I was in the car business for a Mm -hmm. while. Because I wonder about HR, like... Like, I can't walk into a McDonald's and be like, Hey, I want to be your HR person. Like, how do you apply or start that career? When I started at the car dealership, I was kind of fresh back into the workforce. Uh I had stayed home with my daughter Lola for two years. That was something that was really important for me that if I would, I'm not, I'm not a mom type of person. That was never my dream Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I didn't want to be a princess and be rescued and have, Mm -hmm. you know, that fancy, you know, all the, the things that little girls want. I wanted to (laughs) just do it on my own. If anything, Mia Farrow was somebody I looked up to because okay. I always envisioned myself adopting a bunch of kids that were older in age, you know, yeah. just kind of really reap something from that. Yeah. Um, so I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, don't worry. That's a standard on my show. If that doesn't happen a few times, so show, sidetracked. I'm like a little mouse. There must have been a laser. Um, no, we were talking about banking because I, I uh, my after I did my the fast food circuit for my first few jobs, I I worked in check cashing, okay, which is basically the same mm-hmm. thing, 
And I love it. I love checks and money. I love mm-hmm. counting money. I'm really fast at counting money. I love it too. <laughs> Is all your money in the yeah. same? I don't do that. Okay. I'm against that. Oh. Um, you know, money is designed to be in any order. Like it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be like, I, I remember I laughed about it with the, my old manager, Patty. I saw her, she had, everybody had different drawers mm-hmm. and her drawer was immaculate and all facing the same yep. way. And I was like, that's silly. Why would you take the time to do that? Like you can read them. Like they have 10 on every I corner, yeah, like exactly. on every side, like mm-hmm. they're designed for that, yeah. like to not do that. And I told her, I'm like. That would be like organizing playing cards like that. She's like, she's like, oh, yeah, I do that, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you organize playing cards like that. Oh, that's she's like, so oh, yeah, great. I definitely do it with playing cards. I'm like, no, oh, stop. That's so great. Uh, but I do remember because I had taken that break uh-huh. to raise Lola. So when oh, I okay. went back into the to the working world, I kind of needed to start over, you know, uh-huh. start from the beginning. So. I ended up knowing somebody that worked there, and I started as a receptionist. Oh, okay. And I was a receptionist for two months. And then I became the um, manager's assistant, and I would put together all of their reports, all of their meetings, and uh-huh. do. And I ended up running their meetings for them. I then became the um, CSR manager, their customer relations manager, um, within a year. My second year, I became an insurance agent and helped them launch an insurance um, agency mm-hmm. within the dealerships. I then became the finance director, working underneath the CFO, and then that just kind of catapulted me into the HR field because wow. the CFO was really doing that when they shouldn't yeah. be, and I had the interest, and so they So you think maybe me. HR is kind of a lateral move from office manager or CFO? Um, I think you can do it either way. I'm one of those people where I like to know how everything is done, so it is beneficial for me to have started out answering the phones and mm-hmm. knowing just what how to assess every possible situation because I felt that gave me a better understanding of HR and the company when I got into it. Do you ever find it boring? Ever think, oh, I want to get back to bartending or I love this podcasting thing or, or do you, um, you're, you're pretty satisfied with the no, career choice? HR is never the same. Okay. It's every there's, job is different. Every job is different. It's finding a company that allows you to do your job. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people HR, of course my responsibility is to limit exposure for the company and to keep everything, you know, correct. Right. Um, not get sued. Yeah, check all those boxes. <laughs> Please don't get us sued. But you have to be an advocate for the employees as well. Yeah. Because if you don't have happy employees, what are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? And then that's when your job becomes really not fun. Yeah. So, I mean, this company is a great company because they do allow me to do those things, you know, like employee of the month, the yeah. employee action group, even though those are small little things. Other companies completely stay away from those things and they'll shut down those ideas yeah. because you give an employee power and they think they're going to run with it. But right. really, it's just they're going to appreciate you yeah. a little bit more. You yeah. Know? So maybe you haven't ever second guessed HR, but some companies you worked for, you're like, yeah. I got to get out of this place. These Absolutely. guys are a holes. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially if you're a people person and you do love people. Mm-hmm. You'll love being in HR. Yeah, because General Monitoring Services is the best company to work for. They are. <laughs> Put that in there in case Rob listens <laughs> or Jessica. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's cool. So let's like uh, rewind a little bit. That bartending thing, how did you get started in that? That's like a kind of cool job to... 
Yeah, I started out when I was um, actually 15 hostessing. My mom was friends with one of the guys that owned um, Taco Surf. Okay. I'm sure there's yeah. a couple around yeah. here. Um, and they had one that was kind of off the beaten path in downtown Long Beach on Pine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was selling that. My mom knew the new owner. And they said, oh, we need a hostess. So I just started doing that Fridays and Saturday nights. Uh-huh. Um, after about a year or so, I just started serving because I was able to cut my school hours down and get out of school early. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And as soon as I hit 21, they were like, well, we're thinking about opening a bar. Do you want to open it with us? So I helped them open the bar and just fell into it that way. I think every job I've ever been given, I'm yeah. kind of just like, <laughs> so like oh, just here's move an opportunity. Up into something. And then That's you just funny. run with it. Yeah, because it's, it's weird to me. I've always thought of... Uh certain jobs is just like you can't really go apply for them like but you you just have to move up and do them you do i guess yeah. that's kind of crazy mm-hmm. so uh what was your teenagers like like what so you started right at 21 as a bartender but like had you drinking before that or what, yeah did you ever... yeah of course <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no of course. but i mean like um I wasn't a heavy drinker right. or partier or anything like that. Uh, bartending definitely helped shape the party. That came later. The, ooh, yeah. So what were the teenagers like in high school? You were just a bookworm? or I was. I was yeah. very much into art. I was in the art club, dance club. Or I was on the flag. I was on the wrestling team. I really kind of just threw myself into everything to avoid boys and relationships <laughs> i just kept myself super busy which i'm sure my mom is very appreciative of yeah but i was always and that you think comes from issues with your dad you were um, never rushing to probably, find a boy or yeah. find a relationship you because you have that do it on my own attitude yeah or the i don't need it i had i needed to like satisfy that inside myself prove to myself that i can do it on my own mm-hmm. but like so you weren't um would you say in the any popular cliques? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I was a, I mean, you cheerleader. Were a cheerleader. Yeah. yeah, the art club was very popular at our school. We did a big mural. Sure, it was bunch of nerds. <laughs> it was well, Long art Beach, club. you know, it's uh, artsy Beach, out there. Yeah. So, um, you know, we did murals and and things like that. So, as a popular cheerleader, I mean, you're obviously attractive. Like, how did you avoid? boys like that seems like that kind of comes with the territory of being the um, smart good-looking cheerleader I, I go on funny I always hung out with the blondes just to kind of set myself apart as uh-huh. I'm the dark-haired funny one yeah. I'm the comic relief you guys yeah, so like you look at those girls your way out of it sometimes silly Absolutely. silly lady yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I, I was just that. ugly. That helps. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. That's the way I avoided relationships in high school. Stop it. No, it's funny. My wife jokes around about that. I was talking to my, talking to Shade yesterday about when she met me and she said it cause she's just brass because mm-hmm. we were talking about, cause I, I knew my wife and her a long time before me and my wife started dating. We were all friends in the same friend circle mm-hmm. rather. And uh, she's like, I was like, well, what happened? Like, And she's like, you were just kind of ugly. And then one day, like, you were gone for a while. I don't know what happened. But then you came back with the long hair and the beard. And you looked like Jesus. And me and Tiana <laughs> were just like, whoa, where's this guy? <laughs> oh, that's so great. So it's like, um, I mean, I was. I mean, I was, I didn't, I had a, you know, no good family or nothing. And I was just pimply. And I came from Arizona where it was cool to have. The long hair, but shaved underneath. Oh, yeah. Real stylish uh-huh. in, in, uh, yep. in Southern California mm-hmm. at that time. So, 
Yeah, so high school was not... I wasn't a cheerleader, that's for sure. <laughs> Did you live in the same house your whole life? Your mom still in the same house you grew up in? Or nope, no? we moved a lot. My mom was I in real estate, too. so we were... I've moved all <laughs> over Long Beach. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Lived in some really cool houses, some really funky places, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think I live in a place longer than five years. Oh, wow. So you did move around a lot. I moved yeah, I around think, a lot. Yeah, I think in my youth, I would, when I lived with my mom, I think we were in like nine different places over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. My wife is so fancy. Lived in the same house her whole life. Their parents, Her parents still own it. Her mom still owns it, rather, but... Um, yeah, my husband had kind of that storybook, yeah. you know, childhood. But like, when you crack into those... They're not always picture perfect either. My wife says it's disgusting and frustrating, but <laughs> but yeah, usually there are some problems. Yeah. But um, I guess it's a compliment to you because you do come across as that kind of put together person with a good childhood and doing these interviews. I wonder if anybody's really like that. Like you said, you always crack it. There's really mm-hmm. stuff going on or a lot of stuff happened and you just like maybe put on a better front. Or it's just how others. you... Equip yourself, you know, how you digest it and whether Mm -hmm. or not you're going to let it keep you from moving forward. I always see it as just another step to get me higher, you know, to where I need to go. Right. But that's something you got to work at being too. You can't be born like that. You got to really work at that attitude. Absolutely. Some people don't have the willpower for it. Take some psychology classes. That's what (laughs) I went to school for at the beginning. I went to school for criminal psychology. So I would profile criminals. And once you get into that mindset, you realize that you're not that bad off and that you can overcome anything because (laughs) there are some really fucked up people that even though they have the desire to change themselves, they're just not built that way. Man, HR lady with the F-bomb. It's a family (laughs) podcast, Mr. Luca. (laughs) Hope you know. But yeah, that's crazy that like, um, I think we all think of the worst things childs go through, like Mm -hmm. getting beat up, getting molested, uh, like really severe mental gaslighting abuse, Mm -hmm. but... Really, it doesn't take that much. Just not having a stable home to live in is can really affect yeah. you. So, do you, do you think that did affect you early on with the whole like relationships thing? Or um, I think that that was thing? I w- that was definitely a driver in my decision to stay home with Lola for the first few years of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom for a majority of my life was a single mom and a professional, so. I would see the toll that it would take on her, and mm-hmm. I just didn't want that. And I know the effects that it had on my sisters because I was older and could see that, how it would affect mm-hmm. them. Um, and I just, I wanted to make my daughter as perfect as I could and then let her mess it up <laughs> later on down yeah. the road, you know. Give her at least a few good years to start. Yeah, so, absolutely. So let's dive into that a little bit. Like, So your mom's relationship was kind of distant? Growing up, you didn't see her a lot, you mean? No, you I, a lot, or? my mom and I, our relationship was almost as, like co-parents. Uh-huh. Because of the age difference between myself and my sisters and having the absence of a, a, a male figure in our life a lot, mm-hmm. I plugged into that male role. Mm-hmm. My mom would tell my sisters, don't make me go get your sister. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, so, and that, that did put almost. a little, it put a, it's a little bit of a strain on my sisters. Now we're all adults, yeah. you know, they're in their thirties. I'm in my forties and we still communicate on just a little bit of a different level. You know, like I can sense when they're having issues with mom because they start to communicate with me more, almost like, 
I'm their advocate. Yeah. You know, so I'm close. I'm very close to my mom. My mom is one of my best friends. Oh, that's good. But it's on a different level than mother daughter. Mm hmm. I guess you could say. No, that's very interesting. It's like almost partners. It is very much a partnership, which I don't know if that's healthy or not, (laughs) but we both function that way. Well, I feel like it's not as healthy as the alternative, obviously, which would be the ideal mother-father home. Mm -hmm. All things considered, that is the best route. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's a horrible backup. I mean, if you've got a mature child and... But it, it can be hard on the kids, especially if things go wrong. Well, and I think that's <laughs> you feel also, responsible for them. I think in my 20s when I was bartending, I think there was a big, big chunk of time that I completely just checked out of my reality. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like I still, of course, I had my things going right. on and I was, you know, independent in that sense. And I still took care of my responsibilities. But I was reliving I think that childhood that I really didn't get to kind of go off Skirt and go crazy. Yeah. So I think my, I'd say 23 to 26 were, yeah, it was really good, good chunk of time. Well, what's the, what's the go off, go crazy part? What, what's crazy Sarah like at 23, 26? What, what were you out doing? Well, I was bartending you, most you, of the time. So I went to work to party. I mean, that was literally my job was did you ever, to party. Did you drink on the job? I know some bartenders Absolutely. do. Was it allowed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. Did you ever drink too much on the job? Because I, I always wonder that too. When they're t- you see a bartender take a shot, it's like, okay, you took one, but you don't want to take five or ten. Or... I was pretty, pretty good about that. Okay. I was. So you because yourself. I essentially, I had that responsibility of being the bar manager as well where I was doing inventory and you know I was holding everybody else accountable so you weren't necessarily some out of college snot-nosed bartender kid no absolutely not but I'd have a shot you know with the regulars or you know things like that Mm -hmm. are you a religious at all I'm or our first was your mom religious did you grow up in a religious setting my mom no, I did not grow up in a religious setting, but my mom is very okay. I don't, but my mom is very religious. Uh huh. No, so spiritual. Sense. She's sense. um. We were not practicing, but believing, sort of thing. Yeah, to a certain extent, um, we were taken to temples, Mormon churches, you know, um, Catholic, Christian. We were given the opportunity and exposed to oh. every translation. That's cool. And we were given the option to choose which path we went down. And we all are very different, mm. but very rooted in the same beliefs. And when we, we did, my mom did have this kind of awakening, um, I guess you could say, when I was probably 14. And so we did. We went to church as a family uh-huh. for probably about two years. Um, we were baptized all together as a family and I know that was something that was very important to my mom. So, you know, we did that. Um, you know, I just, I believe at the end of the day and just treating everybody with respect and kindness and how I want to be treated. And Uh so I think taking religion aside from that, that's my foundation of what I believe in. But yeah, no, uh, I would always joke that I would pick. Uh, Judaism, mm-hmm. it's just such a nice religion. I never 
And they got that nice backstory too. You can't really make fun of them or anything. Nope. <laughs> Potato, bulletproof. the lockas. But that's okay. funny. So you did, you tried or what did you go well, like temple I, a couple times or something? Yeah, I just started to kind of, well, not even go to temple. My, um, my father-in-law is Jewish. So, yeah. you know, we celebrate all of the, the holidays. holidays with him. Lola yeah, makes latkes with him. Too. Yeah, that's they great. sure do. That's a great aspect of Even Lola's... Lots of days off work. <laughs> yeah, Lola's birthday. We're having her birthday party, and she, I told her what day it was. She's like, oh, we're having my birthday party on Passover. <laughs> so, you know, she clicks cool. into so that, still too. still kind of part of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why can't people do that, too? Just grab a couple just things they like it. from each religion and just roll with it. Make your own... Customized religion. Matzo ball soup. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Just put it all in a pot. So you have only one daughter? Yep. One and done. Oh, no more? Nope. I'm mm. good. If you don't get stretch marks the first time, don't push it. <laughs> like you never wanted to give her that big brother or, or little sister or something like that? No, she's like got cousins. Be... She's okay. got tons so she of cousins. Get a lot of that. And yeah, and they're all... She has mostly <coughs> cousins, too. So she's... You know, pretty dominant, strong-headed little girl. Knows cool. what she wants. That's cool. So. Little mini Sarah. She's Whoa. probably going to be in here HRN someday soon. Hopefully it doesn't <laughs> bite me in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. How old is she again? She's going to be, she's 11. She's going to be 12 next month. Oh, perfect. You're just on the oh. terrible part coming up here. Oh, yeah. She's... I mean, so I hear. I've never heard about it. That's the most interesting thing about when I was trying to have kids because I've always really wanted a girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Uh, you tell like guys that and they're like, oh yeah, whatever, I don't care. And you tell females that they're like, oh, no, you don't. And it's mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with you? Because we're fucked up. <laughs> it's so messed but you're up. You're a girl. Like they say it as if they're not the thing they're describing, and it's like, hello, you're a girl. Like so, I know, you're telling me you're so were... messed up. It's so hard <laughs> it's so to navigate funny. being a woman. Sometimes you have like these feelings that you don't want to digest mm-hmm. and. They're just sitting right there, and you're just going to vomit at the person. <laughs> it's fun. Fun. Yeah, that's, that's where the mug line comes in. <laughs> Your husband agrees or just pretends to agree? He doesn't want, does he want another kid either? Or? He has Did a vasectomy. We're on, no, no, no. He yeah. is very much so a girl's Dead. father. That's yeah, cool. he. But she's very much a tomboy. You know, they're yeah. building circuit boards and soldering and skateboarding and That's things cool. like that. So, what does your husband do? He is um, well. He's in IT. He's huh. um, getting he his electrical contractor's license right now. So he's Fancy. kind of just. He's gonna make money forever. That's a good job. Good industry to get into. We hope so. <laughs> I'm sure it's a much nice. more stable industry than podcasting. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, he does. Um, he has a retro gaming company too, focused oh, on cool. Nintendo. He redesigned a, oh. um, the NES controller, oh, okay. and he flipped it around to put the D-pad on the right side. Since you know kids are all texting and everything is all right-handed heavy now. So well, they, as a purist, I don't like well, that at all. But, yeah. I know, but for uh, the new, the cool, newbies, I guess. new um, generation. Uh, that's cool. I love Super Nintendo. Nintendo, mm-hmm. you guys, we probably just enjoyed. What was it? Mario's thirty fifth anniversary. Yep. Well, March tenth is Mario Day. Zelda's, Zelda's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I take it you're just bored to tears with that stuff. <laughs> you know, I like Atari. 
I'm super old school. I have, I actually have my Atari from when I was a kid with all my games and even the little TV that I played it on. That was like my housewarming gift from my mom. She was like, here, take this shit It's got to be a fire hazard at this point. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> but we Don't have... turn that thing on. For... We'll leave that thing on overnight. <laughs> we have a whole room that is the game room that had, I don't know, he's probably got, I don't know, way too many games. We have stand-up arcade games in the garage we have so you're a pretty understanding wife yes guys don't usually get away with that kind of stuff you know what we have a rule i don't question video games and he doesn't question my shoes oh and everything is fine it's a compromise shoes how many shoes you got how do you ask because i inventory my shoes all the time nerd yeah yes (laughs) absolutely i have 80 pairs at the moment i'm gonna see you in there with a little clipboard and a pen what is that? It's like They're actually... color coordinated. <laughs> they are, yes, it is. It's wow, a we, process. You found your obsession. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, my family calls me Mini Imelda. Imelda Marcos. She's like the woman that has like yeah, thousands and thousands of shoes. Funny. The I, highest I, I got. I expected over 100, but the, that's still good. The highest count I ever had was 137. Are they all on display? Does that like fill a, fill a walk-in closet? So my the last house that we had, I did have a whole room that was my closet and i it was gorgeous i'm not even gonna lie i have pictures of my shoes i still dream about that that room i do but no not so much anymore good thing they're little shoes oh now they're just all boxed away yeah yeah well yeah you do have tiny feet so i guess they store well yep exactly but do you you still buy shoes regularly Uh i just bought some beige boots last week that's how i know my counts at 80 because i had to put them into the inventory sneak them in that's funny. So you get to do the shoes, you get to do the games. Mm-hmm. Gotta find something like that with my wife. There That's you pretty go. interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you have them like insured or anything cool like that? No. Like, are they on your insurance policy? They're in, yeah, they're they in, gotta be, right? Yeah, they're, they're itemized. Expensive. Yeah. What's the most expensive pair you got? Um, well, the most expensive pair I had were Christian Louis Batons uh-huh. and the, the Red Soul ones. Those are like $800, That's but amazing. I can tell you they are the most uncomfortable <laughs> shoe ever it was like fitting a two pound sausage in a one pound casing i went and i tried like every different type of his shoe because like being a, a shoe fiend like those are the ones that you want so i just had to return them they just sucked yeah but That's i ended right. up getting like i think i still even have credit like i just i can't even stop spending the credit because they were so stupid expensive That's but doc martens are probably the most expensive shoe that i'll buy consistently That's cool. Never knew you for a shoe person. Mm-hmm. Do people get you shoes? Is that annoying? Your husband ever tried to buy you shoes that you probably don't like? No, people are very considerate because they know yeah. I'm into shoes. So they will ask me like, hey, I found these. Like there was a time where I couldn't get green Converse. There was yeah. just, I couldn't find them anywhere. So sent out a text and had some friends on the lookout for green Converse. Because well, it's the kind of thing where you're like, I love snow globes. I kind of collect snow globes. And like suddenly everybody's giving you a snow globe. Every gnomes. Week. My husband collected gnomes. Oh, when I gnomes? moved, When I moved in with him, his staircase had a gnome on each stair. And this <laughs> actually, this should have been my red flag. I go, why do you have so many gnomes? And he's like, because they're all like my little friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then people start, I had to send out that memo, like, stop, stop with, with the, the gnomes. gnomes. <laughs> it's know. a wrap. But and scene. I'm the one that's got to leave. That's the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. We will be back next Sunday with an all-new episode. Thanks again for listening, and be kind to each other.